Hi, this is Chelsea Cole from A Duck's Oven, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. I record a lot of really great conversations here at Eat Blog Talk, but every once in a while, I record an interview with a guest that is just unbelievably valuable and magical, and this episode is definitely one of those situations. Chelsea came to the table with this concept of not having to do all the things and actually giving yourself permission to put some things down once in a while so that you can focus on the things that matter. And she talks about her strategy for um, getting through really busy times. She has come up with a really cool system that she shares inside this episode. But the talk that we had actually evolved into so much more than that. It took a turn and we just kind of went with it. And I'm so glad we did because the end was absolutely amazing, so valuable. I hope you listen all the way to the end of this episode. You will be so happy you did. Um, enjoy it. And thank you so much for being here. Hey, food bloggers. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am super excited about this discussion with Chelsea. Uh, we are going to have a chat about how to kind of prescribe your own system to create balance in your business and in your life. Chelsea Cole is a food blogger of 11 years. She is a sous vide enthusiast, cookbook author, and founder of the Cookbook Lab, a program that teaches food bloggers how to self-publish their own cookbooks. Hey, Chelsea, thank you so much for being here for your second chat with me here on eBlog Talk. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. First, though, we are curious. Do you have a second fun fact for us? Yes. So I was thinking about this. And my so I just finished writing my second cookbook. And I made this commitment to myself that I was like, okay, I'm not going to start anything new. I'm going to only work on like, the things that I have going right now and refining those and building those. And then of course, like a week after it's published and done, I'm starting to Google because this is like one of my secret dreams for the for the future. But of course, I'm trying to find a way to make it happen. Now, I really want to become skilled at cheese making. (laughs) That's like, I played around with it at the beginning of quarantine a little bit. Um, And it's something that I really hope to spend a lot of time on in the future. And so I just like started Googling, is there like some kind of like course or certification that you can get to become like a cheese maker? (laughs) And then I'm like, no, stop it. (laughs) Not now. You had to slap your own hand. Oh my gosh. You and I are so much alike in that way. I feel like I do the same thing constantly. I finish a big project and I'm like, okay, Megan, listen, you've got to stop, like, just chill. And then I'm like, hmm, what about this? And then I start Googling. So that's so funny. Yes. Yes. I'm like, okay, I need a year off. Like, even my husband was like, this is, you know, several months away, but he's like, he's a teacher. Um, so summers mean, you know, he has time. And he's like, next summer, do you think you could not be writing a cookbook? <laughs> I was like, I think that's a fair ask. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. And she's making what could be more fun and delicious than that. I think, oh, I'm excited for you to get into that. But, you know, after a few months, of course. Yes, a few months break and then we'll we'll tiptoe in that direction. Yes. Cool. That's exciting. Um, Okay. Perfect. Second fun fact. I loved it. Now let's talk about how you do all the things. I know you've been getting this question lately from a lot of people, food bloggers, your audience, people who are, who are curious, like, whoa, Chelsea, you've got a lot going on. How did you write a cookbook and keep up with your blog? 
and, you know, keep up with the cookbook lab and all of the things. So would you mind just talking us through like all the things? Like what all did you have going on? And at what point did you say, oh my gosh, I've got to figure out a system? Yes. So, I mean, this has been a few years. So I've been food blogging for 11 years. Um, Up until this past February, I've always also had a day job. Um, So it's been a lot of like, I've always had a lot of like extra things and I've almost always, um, since I was, I was, I would say like 23, I've always had freelance clients as well. And so it's just, um, it's, it's a lot of things to keep in the air and to manage. And, uh, for those who are into this type of thing, I am an Enneagram type one. And, uh, if anything, if any balls get dropped, it like hurts me. Like, and I, I am at all times trying very hard to do things in a way in like the correct way. And so if something happens incorrectly, or if I feel like I've let somebody down, it's very hard for me. So (laughs) from a personal perspective, managing all these things fairly well is important. Um, so I have just been getting this question a lot lately because I just self-published my second cookbook and it's, this is like the number one question I get asked. How do you do it all? How do you write or write a cookbook while blogging? Um, and I, I think like many of us, we see a lot of, um, well, first I'll, I'll answer the actual question. What are all of the things? So, um, in the most recent case, all of the things were food blogging, uh, which, you know, is an important source of income for me. Um, I also, um, I call it my, my now side gig. I work, do some work for my dad. I have freelance clients. I do brand partnerships. I have the cookbook lab, um, and sous vide school. And then, and, freelance clients are also a really important part of my income. So that's like a really, another really high priority thing. Um, so just finding a way to keep kind of all of those things straight and, um, how to prioritize them. I think that, uh, I actually, um, uh, I don't know if anybody follows like fitness people, but I follow Alyssa Olenek, um, from little list fitness. And she talks a lot and was really inspiring for me about, how balance isn't necessarily always a thing. Like you can't always have balance and it's more, what I've found to be more successful for me is prioritization. And so just kind of going into, um, a time in my life, knowing it's short and knowing that that balls are going to be dropped and I'm dropping them intentionally. And I'm communicating with the people around me that I'm actually putting that to the side for a moment. That way they, the expectations are clear with everyone. And that has been, so, so helpful for me. Um, and yeah, we can, we can get more into that, but yeah, brief overview of that. (laughs) Yeah. So you are a person who does not like to drop balls and you said that you actually are kind of emotionally tied to that. Like you feel bad when balls are dropped. You want everything to be done well and right. And you want everyone to be pleased. And I think we, a lot of us listening can relate to that because food bloggers are, natural jugglers. We have so much going on and then add another project like a cookbook and it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to survive? So I think we can all relate to this idea that we are juggling tons of balls and that we don't want to drop them. And that's kind of where the stress comes from. Like, oh my gosh, how do you do it all? You came to a point where you were willingly just deciding to drop some balls. So how did you decide which ones to drop and how did it go? Yeah. So in this past, um, instance, like, so with getting my second cookbook done, um, 
I, of course, like, I think, I think this is probably pretty normal for a lot of us. I went into it planning on keeping all of the things alive. (laughs) Um, but I had also set a really tough deadline for my cookbook of August. And the great thing about self-publishing, so I really started working on my cookbook in earnest in March of this year. So a five month turnaround for a cookbook is incredibly short. Um, I mean, there are people who have been known to do it faster, but, uh, I, I have some standards for myself that make it harder to do it faster than that. Um, and a lot of that is because other people have to test your recipes and you have no control over how long it'll take them. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I, could have extended that deadline for myself. That's the beauty of self-publishing. I could have done that, but I didn't want to. Um, My book was about meal prep and I really wanted it to be available as people were getting back into the school year, like kind of like the the time of year when we have to get back into a routine. Um, And I knew how helpful it could be for people during that transition. And so I really wanted it done at that time. Like that was important to me. And so um, we also just had kind of a busy summer. We went to New York City in June. And we camped like all so much camping this summer because I still wanted to be able to do like some fun things. And so it kind of came down to a crunch time, like for the last probably six weeks where I knew I was really going to have to like work my butt off. And so I didn't blog during that time. Um, I posted much less on social media. The things that I kept were a few freelance projects that like I had committed to in advance and then my existing brand sponsorships and that, and then the cookbook and that was it. Um, and you know, the freelance and the reason I chose those things is one, um, I freelance and brand partnerships are part of the bread and butter of my income. So that just like needs to happen. Um, and I had already committed to those things. So I was going to make them happen. And, uh, then with my cookbook, another reason I just decided to power through at the end was because I just wanted it done. Like I, it's funny, even though I am an Enneagram type one, I don't identify with the perfectionism as much. Um, I want to do things right and do things well, but I am very much like a get the thing done. Like, don't overthink it. We're going to power through this. And so I just wanted, I wanted the book to be done because I knew how much freer I would feel when that thing wasn't hanging over my head. And so I just made the commitment to just, just power through and get it done. Um, and so that was kind of like the logic between behind my prioritization this past time. So you stopped, you say you stopped blogging. Did you completely stop or did you slow down? And then what happened when you stopped and what happened when you uh, decreased your social media time too? Yeah, um, honestly, nothing happened. (laughs) So I think I did um, in that time I just talked about, I think I had one new blog post go up and it was actually a preview recipe from my book and it was intentional. Um, and that was it. And my income, it just stayed the same from my blog. It didn't decrease, didn't increase, just stayed stagnant, which for me was fine. Um, and then for social, I was still really active on stories. It was just, wasn't a lot of like feed posts. Um, and, I do have like, and so I kind of took uh, what I did there is like people knew that I was focusing on my cookbook. And I, one thing I think is super important. And I tell like all of my cookbook lab students they need to do is bring, um, their audience behind the scenes with them when they're writing a cookbook, because then that helps them feel attached to the process. It gives them a peek into how much work goes into this. And it just gets them really excited about the book that's coming. And so I focused a lot of time on that. And a lot of my content in my feed was around like, 
the book writing process because I wanted them to feel attached to that process as well. And I like to share on stories. It's fun for me. Um, and it's like, it, it can be a nice outlet sometimes too. So that like everything just kind of stayed stagnant for six weeks. And in my mind, the, that was a good trade-off. So it might, that may not feel like a good trade-off for everyone, but for me, that was totally fine because I was able to get the, again, get the project done. I wanted it to be done and I did it really well. Like I'm really proud of the book that I created. And it, I think that be allowing myself to focus so singularly, um, helped me create, um, that a product that I'm so happy with. I think it is such an important message to deliver right now that sometimes you can just stop doing everything. You don't have to be so dedicated to, you know, pumping out blog posts and new content if you don't if it's not on your agenda, if it's not aligning with your life and what else is going on. And I love that this little experiment of yours brought about like literally no change because we tend to think like, oh my gosh, the world's going to stop. All my traffic's going to go away. People are going to hate me. They're going to leave. And that is actually not what happens. So I love this message. I think people need to hear this. And even bloggers who have been blogging for a long time, I think get in that groove of feeling like everything's going to explode if we stop. I totally agree. And I think like a really important component of that is I think if we allow ourselves, if we say, I know I'm taking a little break, like I would maybe caution against like huge total breaks of anything. But if you like you give yourself permission, um, I think it makes it so much easier to come back. And I think one thing I see a lot of people struggle with consistency wise is they think, oh crap, I haven't posted on my Instagram feed in a week. I should just give up. And then like, they'll literally stop for like six months or something like that. And I think that as a, like, as bloggers, we can get into really, um, like kind of, we can get into all or nothing mentalities. And I think just like, like, and I think that's one thing that's allowed me to keep blogging for 11 years because there were seasons when I didn't do a blog post for six months because whatever day job I had was so crazy. Um, but then I would go back to it. And, you know, I think that that's like its own form of consistency and sure it's not the best, but it means that you don't give up. And I think that we have to recognize that there are so many other things happening in our lives at any given point. Um, and so just giving ourselves permission to take time off, I think can be really helpful. Yes, I love, love that you're sharing this message. And also, you don't need to stick with a schedule forever. So like for a long time, I was posting new content like every other day or something like that, ridiculous like that. This was a handful of years ago. And it's okay to do that for a time, but then it's also okay to stop doing that and to do something else, you know, like you don't have to do that forever. Maybe you have the bandwidth to do that for a year and then it's okay to give yourself permission to post once a week or to take a six-week break like you did. I was in that mindset too. I've been there where I'm like, well, this is what I do. I post every other day. I've got to keep going. And I, that's not true. I, I can. You are in charge of your business, so you can change it at any given time. Totally. Yes. And I think that's like such um, an easy way to burn yourself out and nobody wants to be burned out. And if we can, we can think about it a little bit in advance and try to avoid it. I think that's helpful, but yeah. So for the balls that you did still juggle during this time when you were getting your cookbook ready to be, to be published, 
What was your system? Because you still had a lot on your plate and you said that you were still trying to create downtime and take vacations, go camping, spend time with your husband while he had the summer off. What was your system for getting through all of that? Yeah. So one thing that I think is really important is super clear communication, um, both with people in your personal life and with um, people in your business. And so like with my husband, you know, I would tell him, hey, we're going camping for four days. I'm so excited. Like I'm all in while we're camping. But when we get home, I am it's going to be long days for me. And like it's going to be weekends. And because the trade off for me going camping with you for four days is that I'm going to have to make that time up a little bit. And especially because this is like, this is an unusual circumstance because I'm trying to write a cookbook. It's not just like normal day to day. Um, And he was so understanding and supportive. And he's so great about that kind of thing. Like, of course, like he misses me and wants me to spend time with him, but he's still very like sweet and supportive about all of that, which is great. I think that, and I think that, I think the clear communication, at least for us, it was super helpful. And then with my clients too, it's just like, um, yes, I'm, I am happy to do this for you. I'm going to need to know what you need from me by this date. And then just telling them like, and the reason is I'm writing my cookbook and like most of my clients were super excited for me and totally understanding and did exactly what I asked, which was largely, let me know what you need in advance here. And then just laying expectations for them, just saying like my turnaround time from shoot to um, finished product might be a little longer than usual, um, but here's what you can expect from me. And just really, really clear communication um, up front. And, and I, and the same thing with my brand partnerships too. Like, I think that one thing that I've found, um, especially with cookbook writing, and I, and I say this a lot is I think we underestimate um, how much people around us will be like excited for us and supportive of us. And I think, um, I think sharing, what you're doing, uh, even from a practical perspective, not just like a, I'm going to share with my audience, type up my book, but just like, um, asking for help, asking for support from those around you, even the people that you work with, people are going to be way more receptive than you think. Cause they're excited that you're doing something cool. And they recognize that the thing you're doing is taking a lot of work. And if your past interactions with them have been good, like they're used to you being prompt and, and doing what you what you say you're going to do, then this isn't going to be a big deal is what I found. I love that. We, I think we do underestimate that. And we get into the trap of thinking, oh, I'm bragging or I'm one of those people who's like, oh, I'm so busy. You know, we don't want to be that person. But when we share projects that we really feel strongly, like passionately about, people love to support us, whether it's our audience or our peers, people within the food blogging space. If I hear that you're writing a cookbook, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Absolutely. Like I automatically just come up with all of this grace and encouragement, you know? So I think it is really important to share that. Like, I love your style of just being over communicative and like, this is my situation. I'm going to do my best but just being really clear up front. Um, what are your thoughts about, I think I know what you're going to say, but what are your thoughts about time blocking? Um, does that work for you? Does it not? And just talk us through that. So time blocking does not work for me. Um, I am definitely a person who used to listen to all the podcasts, read all the books, try to emulate um, what you know the pros were doing, uh, even down to like... Um, uh, you know, when I should wake up in the morning. And it's funny because I actually am a pretty early riser. Um, but I would, I, I'm usually like naturally up between six fifteen and six forty five. Um, 
but I would like try to push it and, you know, get up at 5.15 instead. And I just found like that that didn't work for me. I think that one thing I've learned, um, especially like with my husband, we've been together since we were 16. Um, and so we've had to get used to each other for a long time. And when we were younger, I've been a relatively early riser for most of my life. And what he is not, he is a night owl. Like my ideal sleep schedule would be like 10 to six and his would be midnight to like, and he sleeps more than me too, to like nine. Um, and I think that, uh, one thing that's unfortunate is people who are more of a night owl, um, or who do need more sleep or whatever that they get labeled as being like lazy or like what the, their needs are somehow bad, (laughs) which I don't think is fair. And so I think it's really important to find out what works best for you and do your best to um, build your life around that. And of course, you know, that's not always going to be doable. We're going to always have like morning meetings or, you know, I have to go to work by a certain time or things like that. Um, But, you know, when it comes to stuff like how we structure our to-do lists, how we structure our days, I think that we can um, empower ourselves to do what works best for us. And so I tried time blocking. I tried, you know, tons of different like ways to manage my to-do list, all that stuff. And time blocking absolutely does not work for me. Um, I like, and I think, and maybe other food bloggers will relate to this too. I swing between feeling really like I want to be at my computer. I want to be deep in spreadsheets. I want to be building systems. I want to be getting ahead of everything to like days where I'm feeling like way more creative. And like, I feel like shooting something beautiful today. I'm feeling really inspired to create this recipe, um, or whatever it might be. And I try to lean into that as much as I'm able to, like, we're not obviously able to always take advantage of those feelings, but like a few ways that I do that, I try to cluster my meetings. Um, I love a day where I don't have any meetings. Like I, I, because I like the freedom to be able to lean into those whims. Um, and so I love a day where I'm not obligated to anybody else. And so if I do have a day, if I do have meetings or obligations, I try to put them all together because we're mentally for me, um, it, 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 it's then like, okay, my day is committed to that. But I, I have a much harder time kind of getting into like, a rhythm or a workflow. If I know that's going to be interrupted, I really like uninterrupted time. And so I know that that works well for me. And then the other thing that I found in terms of like, you know, we still have to get stuff done um, and we still have to keep track of what needs to be done. And so I keep a running to-do list and then at, in a perfect world, this doesn't always happen. And it's fine when that doesn't happen. At the beginning of the of the week, I look at that to-do list and pick what I'm doing for that week. And then at the beginning of each day, I pick what I'm doing from the week list for that day. And I don't, I can do that whenever I want throughout the day, but that's what I'm doing that day. Um, and that a system like that with, that is somewhat prescribed, but has some more freedom built in works really, really, really well for me, as opposed to like 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. I'm doing, you know, that I don't, I need like um, fluid structure is what works well for me. (laughs) You're like, Chelsea, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I don't want to be told by what to do by anyone, even myself. I just want to do what I want, what I want. (laughs) That's awesome. But I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that because some people work really well with time blocking and some just don't. They like, like you said, that more fluid approach. Like you still have to get stuff done. You still have a list of projects that absolutely need to get accomplished, but it's not like you have to do it at a certain time, which just frees up 
um, like the pressure almost, right? Yes. And I think too, like, I think we can, I don't know, maybe this was just me, but I would find myself like feeling bad if those systems didn't work for me. Um, and feeling like I'd failed if I wasn't able to get up at 5am or, you know, things like that. Um, and, or feeling like I'd failed if I, if I could feel it not working for me and feeling like I was deficient. And I think that sucks. <laughs> and it's so much better if we can give ourselves like enough grace to understand ourselves and just lean into what works for us. Um, another person who's amazing about talking to this is Courtney Chall. Um, I don't remember her Instagram handle off the top of my head, but she's um, amazing and she has ADHD. And she talks a lot about like seeing her ADHD as a superpower. And so she'll like objectively look at like, I have ADHD. Um, what are, what does that mean for me? Like, what are my, what are my habits and how can I like lean into this and then anticipate my quote unquote, like bad is not the right word, but for lack of a better phrase, like bad moments or whatever. And, and kind of like lean into that and, and let that still be a productive moment, but in a different way. And anyways, it's just like thinking about yourself and how you can work with yourself. And we're all so unique and we all work so differently and we all have different strengths. I mean, there are so many different components to this whole equation. So just knowing yourself really well and working with your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and all of that, I think is really important. I've started doing this new thing that it's very new, but it's working really well. I was going to share it with you. So forever, what I would do, I mean, for years and years, I would write out a to-do list for my next day. So if it's Monday night, I write out a list for Tuesday and I write all the things I have to do. And I'm kind of like you. I used to time block and now I just like, I just get whatever's on my list done whenever. But I found that looking at my list was just like, ugh, seeing things, it was like me talking to me, like, you have to get this done. I was like, ugh, do I? So I've started writing a list more on like emotion. So I have mine sitting here from last night. So instead of what I would previous previously have said was something like, record interview with Chelsea, record interview with whatever. Um, but instead, I wrote, have an amazing conversation with Chelsea and have an amazing conversation with my other guest. And when I look at that, I'm like, oh, I'm really excited to have an amazing conversation with Chelsea. And that for somehow that's just different than record interview. You know what I mean? So sometimes you have to like um, dress up the emotion a little bit. And if you do that on your to-do list, it's like you talking to you in a different voice that's actually evoking something positive and fun as opposed to like, you have to do this. So that's my my newest trial. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> I love that because I, and I think that sometimes like reframing is good. Like, of course you're, you're going to have to like do things you don't want to do. And like, th there's no way to dress it up. But I think that there's so many things where like we start the project because we're really excited about it, or we like write the recipe because we're really excited about it. And then all the other elements of like what we have to do to bring that thing to life feel like a drag. <laughs> and I think that like reminder of like, that thing you're looking for, like, look like the thing that you're making or like the thing that you're doing. There's so many great components of it. I think that's an amazing reminder. And that would be really helpful for me to implement as well. Yeah. And like, you can do that with everything you do instead of um, make and photograph potato casserole. You could 
write something like make and enjoy delicious potatoes and then take pretty pictures, you know, and that just like, for me, it puts such a different picture in my head than just something that I have to quote, have to get done. And I think like even like giving yourself permission to enjoy it is interesting too. Like, and what I mean by that is like, I love taking photos of food. Otherwise, why would I be doing this? Um, but sometimes it can feel like a drag and I'm like, I just have to knock this out so I can get the blog post done. But if I like give myself permission to have fun with it and like, and, and take the time to make it a thing and like lean into how much I enjoy that, I always have a better time, but I have to remember, like consciously remember to do that. So I think writing it on a to-do list that way, it would be amazing. And how about this? Um, adding other things that you love to your quote to do items so that it like I'm thinking of music or if you have a favorite podcast or something that you listen to turning that on or even writing it in your to-do list notes like play um whatever your favorite music is while listening and then that kind of brings up some positive emotion too so whatever you enjoy adding that to your list so that you're reminded that yes this is fun we all started food blogging because it's fun we enjoy the photographs and the food and the cooking and baking so just to remind ourselves of that that it's not always like work 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 we should be enjoying this as well so anything we can do to do that yeah and I think like and I think that's a good um way to lean into like uh prioritizing things that are good for you and that make you happy. Um, like that was something I sue during my final push, push of the cookbook. I did not do any of that <laughs> and it would have been a lot better if I had like, um, for example, I feel I've been weightlifting for like, I don't know, seven years. And I feel better when I'm doing that at least two to three times a week. I don't have crazy goals for myself. I'm not doing it four or five times a week. Um, but at least like two or three times makes me feel like a more productive person. It makes me feel proud of myself because like that's important to me because I understand the long-term value of it. And when I drop that ball in favor of work, that feels bad, even though I'm like, even though I can easily talk myself into it and easily like tell myself why I should quote unquote do that. But I think like making it part of your, your list and routine is so great. I've been experimenting with a habit tracking app, um, which has been, yeah, really fun. And I really like it um, because I work from home and now my husband is back to school. So I'm home alone for a lot of the day. And he, he's actually, um, if he's like bored and in our house, he'll like putter around and clean. And so in the summers and stuff, our house is pretty clean. And I love when I'm spending so much time in our home, if it's really clean most of the time, I'm happier. Like I notice that about myself. And so I'm really, I'm taking, um, I'm trying to prioritize 15 minutes every day where I just like tidy and, and just make that a thing every single day. And it's been, it's been an interesting experiment, but I can, I can get myself into weird places where like, if I have a ton of work to do, doing something like that makes me feel guilty, even <laughs> which is <laughs> very like silly. Um, and so I think like making it like actually part of my list of things to do um, really helps me mentally. So yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that because we all know those things that we should that we should continue doing. We all know the balls that we should not be dropping. But yet when we do them, we do have that guilt because work creeps in. We start thinking about the projects we need to get done. Our to-do list is growing, et cetera, et cetera. But 
I love what you just said because it is a good reminder that we need to figure out what those balls are that we should never drop and to just like put them on our to-do list. Maybe like first thing, right? Like you can't get to your list until you cross off weightlifting or whatever it is that tidying up for the day. Yep. And that's actually been something I've been, that's, it's funny that you say that. Cause that's literally what I try to do with stuff like weightlifting and cleaning up the house, because I know myself well enough. If I sit down at my laptop, like I'll get lost for two hours and then look up and be like, Oh, what happened? <laughs> what time is it now? And then like, I, I'm can get in such a flow that it's really hard for me to pull myself out and go do those things. And so it's just like, those have to be the first things I do. Otherwise I know myself well enough to know that it's probably not going to happen with the only exception being like, if a walk is on my list for that day, I can do that as like a break in the afternoon. But that's kind of it. (laughs) Oh, I'm the same way, Chelsea. I totally get absorbed and lost. And then before I know it, I'm like, what? I have to go pick my boys up from school. How did that happen? So that is the reason that I never ever push working out aside because I used to do that. And then it would be like five o'clock at night. I didn't want to work out. I would stress about it. I would debate with myself. Like, why didn't you just do it earlier? So now I just do it. Like that is my number one. First thing I do every morning is go to the basement and work out no matter what. I don't want to feel the guilt later. I don't want to get to two o'clock and be like, what just happened? So you need to figure out what that is for you. Like what makes you feel good and prioritize it. You used that word earlier, make it a priority. And I think the more you do it, the more likely it'll become a habit. And then you don't even think about it. Like working out, I do not give conscious thought to. I just put on my shoes, walk to the basement. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will continue this awesome conversation. Hey, food bloggers. Do you ever get caught up in the confusion about how in the world you are going to make money? Take the free quiz I've put together for you that is going to help you get to the bottom of this problem. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash quiz to find out which stream of revenue is the next perfect one for you. Your results will be personalized based on your answers and they will provide you with action steps and resources that will help you launch into monetizing your blogging business in a new way. There are truly so many ways to make money as a food blogger, so don't waste another second. Again, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash quiz and get started on your next revenue stream today. Hey guys, just reminding you to head over to iTunes if you haven't already to subscribe, rate, and review Eat Blog Talk. It adds value to this podcast when you do that, and I would be so grateful for your time. It will take two minutes, press pause, go do it, and come back and keep listening. Hey, we're back from the break. So before the break, we were talking about taking those things that are really important and that should be prioritized and doing them over and over in order to make them habits so that you stick to them and you do them every day or regularly anyway. So Chelsea, what do you think about that? If you do things enough repeatedly, they are going to turn into habits and this can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Like it's just, and then it's just like, it's so baked into your routine that you don't feel like you're trying to squish it in anymore. And I think too, you know, one of the annoying things that people always say that it turns out that it's true is like, 
I have never regretted prioritizing a workout first thing in the morning or prioritizing a 20 minute tidy up. I always regret it if I don't do it, but I've like never been like, Oh crap, I should have worked first thing. (laughs) That's never happened. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Like not one time. (laughs) I should write that on my wall. Actually, you, you will not regret this. Not that I need that anymore, but in the early days when I was first getting into the routine of it, I could have definitely used that because I'd be like, no, I'll just do it later. I'll, I'll work for two hours. And then, yeah, that never happens. <laughs> well, and this, I, I don't know if this is going to be true for everyone, but one thing that's true for me is I always think all or nothing is like dangerous in most things. And so like, even with those important um, kind of self-carry things or rut- routine things, not falling into an all or nothing mentality, um, like usually I weightlift on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, this week, yesterday, I had an obligation from like noon to five and I had, a, I, I actually did have a bunch of stuff I needed to get done in the morning. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to shift my week this week and it's going to be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And that's like fine. And then also knowing even if, even if that like shake up somehow shakes my routine enough where I miss one of those workouts, it doesn't mean I'm going to not work out next week. Like I'm just going to pick up where I left off and like, that's and I'm going to move on from it and it's fine. And so I think like not holding yourself too hard to a standard and just like knowing it's part of your life and not like, not, not some thing you're trying to accomplish all the time. Um, I don't know that's a helpful way for me to be thinking about it. And then, yeah, but it, I, I am definitely a person who in general, like lives by a rule of moderation because I've just, I've just found that that works for me. Um, like I, I admire people so much who can do like, for example, I always see people doing like dry September or dry January or something like that. Um, which I think is like awesome. And so cool. If you want to participate in one of those challenges, I, I just don't like all or nothing type challenges. So for me, it would instead be like, I'm only going to have a drink two nights this week or so. That's like a system that works better for me. And so I think learning about that kind of thing for yourself is nice. Oh, totally. And giving yourself permission and grace too. If like there are mornings when I am just tired for whatever reason, I got to bed late or I was up in the middle of the night or whatever. And I just make the decision on those mornings, like I am going to sleep in and skip my workout and not do my workout at all today. And I'm, I have to be right now okay with that. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. Like, I just have to like situate my own self and my own attitude. And then I'm okay. And to give yourself permission, like you said, just to be a little bit flexible. I'm the same way. Like, I do not like people telling me like, oh, we should um, not eat this all month. Or like, no, <laughs> I, I like eating and I enjoy wine and like, yeah, I'm the same way. So moderation is good in my opinion, but yeah, like some people really thrive on that, um, you know, like challenge type mentality where they try to do something or not do something for a period of time. And I'm all for that if that works for you as well. Same. Yes, exactly. And I think, and I think the same thing can be applied to work. Like, again, if you have a goal of, doing a blog post three times a week or whatever for the whole year or something like that. That's a great goal. um, And that's awesome. But if there is a week where you only get one post up or you maybe don't post at all, that doesn't mean you should throw your like give up. Um, It just means you start again the next week. And I think, and just not beating ourselves up about that. I, I, I I still do that sometimes. Uh, Like, I don't think we can help it, but I try really hard not to. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's kind of the point I got to this summer too. So for different reasons, I kind of stopped working on my blog too very consistently. I've always been one of those bloggers who's been extremely consistent. And if I set a schedule like I'm going to do three a week, then no matter what, I do three a week. But then the summer, my husband had um, some medical issues on vacation that were like super traumatic and stressful. And because of that, I just stopped. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So for the, for the first time in my 11-year blogging career, I actually just kind of stopped blogging like you, Chelsea. And I was like, well, that is my decision. And we're going to just see what happens and see how it plays out. And I didn't see any change either. Nothing happened. In fact, my traffic went up a little bit. Yeah. Yep. I, I, yeah, that's, that's like pretty much the same doing that and seeing what happens is almost kind of good for us. <laughs> yes, I do. I agree. Yeah. I think it's good to experiment. I mean, if you're feeling it, not like, oh, Chelsea and Megan are saying I should. No, if, if for whatever reason in your life you're busy or something is going on and you just kind of feel like something needs to be put on the back burner, experiment and just see, like maybe cut down to one a week or one every two weeks and see what happens. Because most likely, unless you're like a brand new blogger, most likely nothing is going to change. And if anything, it might even improve because we're not like obsessively staring at our analytics. I am such a strong believer in when we cling to anything, including numbers and analytics, they're going to run from us. So when you step away for a period of time, you might come back and actually see that things have gotten better. So it's worth experimenting with. I could not agree more. But <laughs> um, that's always been the case for me too. Like if I'm obsessively trying to accomplish something and like and obsessively looking at numbers and things like that, I'm always dissatisfied. But if I like walk away for a little bit and then come back and take a look, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and I just saw a quote the other day. Oh gosh, I wish I could remember what it was exactly, but it was like, it was something along the lines of creative people need time to do nothing. And related to that, and I think it like, even though I wasn't posting new blog posts for those six weeks, I was thinking about my blog a lot. Um, and I was reflecting on things that I knew or things that I had seen over the past year that had worked well for me. Um, and kind of, in the back of my head, knowing what I was going to be doing once my cookbook was done and getting excited to do those things. And so I think it sometimes taking a little bit of space allows us more time to like, like what, what's that other phrase? Like, um, time apart makes you miss the heart grow fonder or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that can be applied to aspects of our work as well. And um, even like taking that short little break got me super excited to try some new things on my blog that I'm in the middle of now and kind of re-energized me and rehyped me for it. Even though I was still working my butt off, it was just on other things, which, um, you know, that might be, again, something that only works for me, but it was something that I did. Oh, I love that. So I just started reading this book. I talked about it on Instagram stories yesterday. And oh my gosh, Chelsea, it is like the best book. And it might just be like my perspective based on where I'm at in my life right now. I don't know. But it's called Psycho-Cybernetics. Have you heard of this book? It's really old. Okay. It is so good. And it just like hit me in this way that I was like, oh my gosh. 
Um, but basically, so psychocybernetics is another way to say like mind mechanics. So this doctor in the 1960s, he was a plastic surgeon. I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole, but um, I'll come back around. He was a plastic surgeon and he was like changing people's appearance. And he started noticing over time that when he changed their appearance, he was also changing their inner self. So he was like, that's interesting. So then he started really diving into psychology and found all of the all of these like scientific findings about why we do what we do. And it's so interesting. But one of the concepts he talks about is what you were just saying, which is um, sometimes we think too much through a project and we think so much that we actually do the opposite of what we're aiming to do. And we get done and we're like, oh my gosh, that is not what I wanted to do at all. So he suggests that you think about all the angles. So like if it's blogging, you think about like, okay, I want to focus on photography. I really want to do some instant pot recipes coming up and I really love protein. So I might do some meat. And then you just like think as much as you can and then you stop the thinking and you sit on it for a period of time. And you can determine that, I don't know, a week, two weeks, a month. And when you come back, you're like inner workings have like figured out this creative way to deliver this information that you gave it when you decided to stop. And he did all of these experiments with people who um, like this really works with. And I was started thinking like, how could this work for our businesses? It could work so well because we're always thinking. So you and I, Chelsea, this summer kind of inadvertently both stopped blogging for different reasons. And when we came back, we were refreshed. We were filled with ideas and new creative ways to present our material. And it's the same thing. So first of all, I recommend that book to everyone listening. It is so good. Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Um, and second, yeah, like stopping what you're doing for a period of time could actually be a blessing and could produce amazing creative content. That was really, really long-winded way to tell you I, li- I liked that book. <laughs> I have to read this book now because that is, that is I love that. I tend to be, um, I think people call it like a quick start. Uh, I'll have an idea and then like just want to pursue it. Um, but it's funny because every time I've like sat on an idea for a while. Like it's kind of been brewing in the back of my head. Um, I've always, I've, it's always better. <laughs> like I, um, like even I, this past winter I created, I, what do I call it? A beginner's interactive guide to sous vide cooking. And it's called sous vide school. And it's really like an online beginner's course for sous vide. Um, and it's something I had been thinking about for years because part of my, passion with sous vide cooking is helping home cooks understand how awesome it can be for them and to not be afraid of it. Um, and it was like, for some reason last winter, even though I had been thinking about this for a long time, it like totally crystallized for me. And I was like, and I think just like allowing myself to not, to not try to make that project happen until the idea was fully formed in my head and not really rushing that process either made it, made it better and like more clear, which is like, yeah. So anyways, that's a long way of saying I love that. And I totally agree. And, um, 
and this is like this conversation is a good reminder that I need to be more intentional about that because I think sometimes it just happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is great. It does. But yeah, I want to be more intentional. I think we can all look back on our blogging journeys and just journeys as an entrepreneur and just pinpoint those times when this sort of thing that we're talking about actually happened, but totally unintentionally. We're like, wow, that kind of unfolded like magic. And we can see why now in retrospect, but if we actually put intention into that and, you know, deliberately put this in our businesses, like I am going to think about this project and then I'm going to be done for a period of time, then I feel like we would all see an increase in creativity and even more, you know, like productivity and just all the good things. So I love that our conversation has kind of come here. I didn't expect that, but I love this because it's such an important message that we don't always need to be doing, 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 thinking, thinking, thinking on all the things all the time, which is the message that you're bringing to the table. There are other ways to do it. And actually, um, those downtimes might be really fruitful for you. Yes, yes. And I and I hope, too, that people just kind of like forget. I think that, I don't know, I think as people who um, can be kind of, amb- I think anybody who's starting a food blog and like maintaining a food blog is probably the type of person who's a little bit of a go-getter and like um and pushes themselves. And I think that this type of person often doesn't give themselves a lot of grace. Um and I hope that people do that more um and just like allow themselves to really like lean into what works for them personally, not what other people are telling them should work for them. <laughs> Agreed. And do you have recommendations for like, let's say people are listening and they're like, but I don't know what works for me. I think I could make anything work. Do you have recommendations for like how to figure out what methods and what strategies work and which ones are definite? No, I think I mean, it's hard to say. I will say like what I feel like worked for me um, was just trying lots of different things and then in note and I think that there's a balance between really giving something a shot and knowing when to quit because it's not working for you. So like get to a point where you feel like you've really given this like method, this, whether that's like, it could be like to do software. It could be a time of day you're waking up. It could be a morning routine, like make sure you give it a shot. And then if it's truly just like not working for you, maybe there were aspects of it that were working for you. And how can you adapt that? Um, And just kind of like, truly testing and learning over and over like mine is constantly changing and you said earlier like your routine changes too um and like like for example I just started this um using that app called productive that's more of like a habit tracker and habit builder and I'm really liking it um but I'm gonna I'm gonna be playing with stuff like that all the time however um I I think that there can be a little bit of danger in like switching for example um, uh, to do software like Asana or ClickUp or whatever, like switching those constantly. Um, one thing, cause, and I think it's so tempting for us. Like I'm always tempted to switch and do something. I love, um, I've, I've kind of dropped off on Asana a little bit and I'm more leaning into Airtable exclusively. Um, but before I try a new software, I, for example, and this, I think that this can be applied to some different things too, but I ask myself, what am I not getting out of the system that I'm using now? And what do I hope this new system will provide for me? And if I can't really answer that question, then I don't, 
I don't try the new thing. I try to lean more heavily into what I've already got. Um, but I, I, that's something I try to ask, even like when I'm making a big purchase, <laughs> I just like kind of think about things that way. And I find that to be really helpful for me. Shiny object syndrome, right? We get so mm-hmm. like, ooh, there's a new fun thing that Chelsea likes. I might try that. But really, do I need to try that? Is it going to make a huge difference in my life? Probably not. So thinking through that, I think is really smart. Yeah. Yeah, this has been so fun. Okay, is there anything, just kind of last takeaways that you can think of if people are feeling overwhelmed by their schedules and all the things that have to get done in blogging and life and morning routines? Oh my gosh. Um, What is like a final takeaway that you have? Um, Let's see. I think, I think largely just like be nice to yourself and know that you can always come back to something like give yourself the room to adapt and figure out what works for you and what you truly enjoy. And that, and that might mean again, dropping something for a while and then coming back to it, but knowing you're not necessarily giving up on that thing forever. Um, and just, just giving yourself a little bit more grace. It feels so good to give yourself grace. Isn't, doesn't it? It's like, it's life changing when you can just say to yourself, you know what, it's okay to not work out today, or it's okay not to create three new blog posts this week. It feels so good. Like when you're sincere about it, not just like forcing it, like you have to feel good, but when you actually feel that it's so relieving. So I think that's such a great reminder. Totally, Chelsea, thank you so much. This was a very fun conversation as my to-do list Um, predicted, I had an amazing, fun conversation with you. So thank you for being here today. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, this will be a great resource. So now if you get those questions, like how do you do it all? You can send them here. And hopefully this helps all food bloggers listening, at least giving you some ideas about how to manage the chaos. Um, So I know I've already asked you for so much wisdom, but do you have an additional quote to share or words of inspiration for food bloggers? Actually thinking about um, the fact that creative people need quiet time and need space and how can you make that happen for yourself? Awesome. Perfect way to end. Thank you so much, Chelsea. We will put together a show notes page for you. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash a ducks oven two. Tell everyone where they can find you online, Chelsea. Yes, you can find me at a ducks oven on Instagram. My blog is a ducksoven.com and that's largely where I'm at. You can also email me if you have questions or want to talk about this more. I'm always down to chat. My email is chelsea at a ducksoven.com. And the cookbook lab, do you want to just give a few sentences about that? If people are wondering about publishing, um, how does that help them? Where can they find it and all of that? Yes. So you can go to a ducksoven.com slash cookbook lab. And again, this is a course that teaches you how to self-publish a cookbook from start to finish. I have a free webinar um, available on that page as well. So if you just kind of like want to hear a little bit more about it and are curious about the process, you can watch that and get an idea. If um, And I've got lots of other resources available too. If you go to a ducksoven.com slash self-publishing, there's lots of blog posts, um, lots of videos of me talking about the process, things like that. And I'm always down to ch- chat about self-publishing as well. Awesome. Well, you are the queen of self-publishing and sous vide. So (laughs) everyone go check Chelsea out. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. 
We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. Thank you.